you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Let me stand amazed, say amen. amen. I'll tell you something, don't get over being saved. Good night. He was on the way to hell, had no hope, no, no encouragement, no abundant life, nothing. And the Lord saved you. Amen. You ought to never get over it, amen. And you know, it's not, you don't have to get saved out of a terrible, horrible life either. I say it's 11 and a half year old, but I was headed to a terrible, horrible life. Because I might have been like my daddy, an addict, uh, on the liquid drug called liquor. And uh, the Lord redeemed me and saved me before I got into all that junk. Say amen. So it's a good testimony to get saved early too. Thank the Lord. Amen. Good to see Brother Gary back after surgery. And several of you had surgeries. And everybody seems like they're getting healthier around here. Amen. Thank the Lord. That's good. Good to see uh, the Shady's back with us. Got moved in from... Uh, Hammond, Indiana, or Chicago, and everybody that moves south always has a smile on their face. <laughs> amen. <laughs> on winter time, in winter time, amen. I went up there one time, pastor school, and uh, there was black stuff on the side of the road, Brother Randy, and I thought, my word, don't they take the trash out around here? And it was snow that had turned black. Amen. That's the truth. I mean, you just find out how bad those winters can be, but amen. We usually have about one inch of snow and shuts the whole community down. But uh, thank the Lord. And my wife loves snow. She loves it. Uh, we're going to have to be snow chasers after a while. We're just find out snow's up in Gatlinburg. Here we go. You know, we got to go. She loves the stuff. But if she moved up north, she might not love it as much. Okay, Hebrews chapter 12. Good to see you back, brother. Hebrews chapter 12 and all our visitors. Tell everybody at Liberty Baptist Church I said hello. Amen. <laughs> I love preaching down there and love the, the couples retreat we had together one year. Verse 11 through verse 15 is where we left off. Now, we skipped a Sunday so everybody forgot, but I preached on the chastening hand of God. I don't know about you, but I love that the Lord loves me enough to discipline me when I get in the road of sin. Say amen. I mean, you know, if my children are out there wandering in dugout road, Thank the Lord, I'm glad I'd have a mama or daddy that'd come get me and wear my rear end out saying, don't get in that road again. Not because they hate me, because they love me and they want life and life abundant in my life. And that's exactly what the Lord does. For whom the Lord, look at verse 6, for whom the Lord loveth, he chastens and scourges every son who receiveth. And verse 8 says you're illegitimate if you don't receive chastening. So once you get saved, it's either change or chastisement. Say amen. You cannot live like you want to. A lot of people think we eternally secure, and we, we use a, a better term than that, eternal life, lifers. You ought to use biblical terms, amen. I have eternal life. Last time I checked, that means I can't lose my salvation. But everybody says, oh, if I believe that old Baptist doctrine, I just live like I want to. Number one, you don't want to. Number two, you're scared to. Say amen. I, I mean it. I mean, praise God. I don't want to get out of line because I know I have a heavenly father that'll get me back in line. And he knows how to get your attention. Say amen. You put other things before God, he'll get those things and, and take them out of your life. That's right. Hey, friend, he'll, he'll draw the peace of God away from your life. He, uh, Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And so I thank God for the chasing hand of God. But some people get bitter at God. When things don't go their way, they get bitter at God when they get chastened. You ought to thank God that you get chastened. Yeah, let's put it in context, amen? But also, let me say this, sometimes we get bitter at God because he doesn't dis discipline us, he doesn't delight us, he doesn't give us what we want. We have a long-term prayer, and God doesn't answer that prayer when we want it, the way we want it. And I want to tell you something, folks. God's not our grocery boy. He's a sovereign God. Amen. And he knows, the Father knows best Amen. what you need and when you need it and how much you need it. Amen. So we just need to leave it all in God's hands. Amen. Amen. Don't get bitter, get better. Let's go to the, uh, the Word of God, standing on to the Word of God, verse 11. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. It hurts. Say amen right there. Anybody's ever been in the chasing hand of God? Don't raise your hand because everybody knows it. But it says, never, we all have. Nevertheless, after it yieldeth, yieldeth the peaceable 
fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You know what it's saying? He just makes you more like him. Amen. Now, wherefore, here's our text, verse uh, 12 through 15. Wherefore, lift up thy hand, hands which hang down. You ever seen somebody just drooping around? And the feeble knees, go on now, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, I want you to underline that, root of bitterness springing up trouble of you, and thereby many be defiled. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good preaching this week. It's charged my battery, helped my soul, Encourage me, Lord, to step out by more faith and support our missionaries more faithfully in prayer and encouragement and in money. And Lord, I pray to God that you'd help us, Lord, not to get bitter. God, help us, Lord, to fight discouragement as has been taught on in Sunday school. But God, help us to not yield to our emotions and to our hurts. And God, may we, with all our heart, be soft and receptive, Lord, when we're hurt, not to hurt people. We're going to thank you and praise you for what you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm, so, I'm excited about this trunk or treat. I was against it all at first. But I thought, man, it's going to be a pandemic. But we're going to have it outside. And I'm going to tell you what I got. I got about 1,000 or 2,000 gospel Romans with our with our name on the back of it and all kinds of, we'll put that in the goodie bag, amen? And I'll tell you what, they'll get more than a goodie, they'll get the good gospel. So it'll be worth it handing out a whole new test, I mean not a gospel Romans, Romans, just Romans I think it is, and, and the gospels. And it's a little book and, it's, and somebody printed it and gave it to us. We got about 10,000 of them back there in that closet, praise God. So wouldn't it be good to plant the gospel to somebody? And see them get saved because of us having a lot of fun outside safely. Praise the Lord. That's going to be good. Amen. Let's just do that if we could. Miss Connie put those gospel Romans in there. The cause of bitterness. I want to deal with it just a second. You know, bitterness may show up in someone's life that is filled with self-pity or with anger. There's many fruits to the root of bitterness. You ever been around a person you know was bitter, cool, and and uh, indifferent sometimes. Uh, sometimes they're shy. And they lack self-confidence. They're harsh. They're judgmental. And they're hypercritical. Bitter people. I often have a saying. I don't know where I, I'm not a psychologist or a son of one. Uh, my daddy was a sheet metal worker. But he, he was a good one. He covered steeples. But I'll say this, friend. Bitterness turned in is depression. During the Sunday school hour, Miss Angie shared with the Porter family that their 15-year-old son committed suicide. I don't know how you handle that. I preached several suicide, uh, several uh, funeral services to people who committed suicide. The leading uh, ball player for Dalton, Georgia, uh, Dalton Canamots, committed suicide two weeks. I preached his funeral. Two weeks later, his mother committed suicide because she couldn't get over it. Preached her funeral. There's no comfort in that time. It's the worst thing you could ever do is be your own God and try to kill yourself or kill yourself. But people get so bitter and get so bitter, they don't want to live. And then they get so bitter, and watch this now, they don't want you to live. They can turn to wrath. And Folks, I want to tell you something. Bitterness turned outward is anger. Put it down. Bitterness turned in is depression. Bitterness turned out is anger. Usually that's the two things. But I want to say the, the, the reason for bitterness, listen now, is hurt. How many of you have ever been hurt? Raise your hand. The rest of you get out of the nursery because you, you're going to get hurt. Amen? I mean, just like, hey, try pastoring a church for 42 years see if you don't get hurt. People leave here that I led the whole family to the Lord. They don't even say bye. 
Yeah. And folks, I want to tell you something. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd get bitter. I'd quit. And every uh, 2.6 months, years, uh, I'd get another church, try to find a church where everybody's friendly, everybody's happy, everybody, nobody will hurt you. Folks, that's life. And folks, I want to say this, hurt people hurt people. Let me repeat that. Hurt people hurt people. You go around hurting people, you might just have a big case of fundamental independent bitterness. I don't know why I put the fundamental independent with it. Intentional or unintentional, you're hurt. It might not have been intentional. They might have just not written you up in a bulletin. Or he might have dropped you after two dates and you knew that you was the most glamorous girl in the whole wide world and you don't know why that bum dropped you. Amen, girls, come on. You ever got bitter over a ex? I could get into a divorce situation. You really get bitter over that, don't you? Come on. And that can poison your next marriage and your next and your next. And folks, we got we to gotta learn not to be bitter. We got to learn that hurt people hurt people. And sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's unintentional. Some people just go around looking to hurt people. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an awful way to live? Well, I see who I get now. Amen. Praise God. Let me see if I can hurt somebody else. You know, they got eyes of darts. They got a tongue sharper than any two-edged sword. They just go around poisoning people with their words. Good night. Don't live that way. Nobody will like you. You won't even like yourself. And then there's a hurt that's imaginary. You ever thought the whole world <laughs> was talking about you? So, well, some people, when I visit, they say, well, I'd go in that church where everybody would talk about me. Everybody would look at me. I want to tell you something. we got so many problems our own, we ain't got time to look at your problems. Say amen. What you ought to be doing is encouraging somebody, amen, that hadn't been in a while. One guy said, hey, the roof will fall in. I said, listen, I've been up there. I weigh 200 and none of your business. And I've been on those trusses, and I've cracked some of the uh, the things. I have seen people's uh, foot go through those in the hallway, which I should have never put uh, some of those dean bats up in the attic doing work. And uh, and folks, it will not fall in, but you think it's going to fall in, because you think everybody's going to say, Whoa, "There they are." Hadn't been here in two Sundays. Hey, get over yourself. This ain't about you. Say Amen. You know, most people that are self-centered, they don't go to church. I'm going to tell you why. Because when you come to church, God the Holy Spirit will knock the self-centeredness out of you. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Amen. I need it. I need it. You need it. We all need it. Oh, they're looking at me. They're talking about me. And folks, I want to tell you something. This insecurity has got to go. Because I want to tell you something. We ought to be secure in God. We ought to be, we ought to be uh, confident in God. Not self-confident. Not self-sufficient, but Holy Spirit confident. God is able. Can somebody say amen? amen? And God's able to help you get over yourself. Self. Folks, I want to tell you something. The grace of God not only delivers you from sin, but delivers you from yourself. Can somebody say amen? I needed that. And I still need that. I'll tell you what, folks. You can get angry. You can get revenge. But that's not bitterness. I'm going to tell you what bitterness is. Bitterness is when one takes his hurt into them, themselves and they don't deal with it or they don't let the Holy Spirit deal with it and it gets a lodging in their heart and that hurt turns to bitterness. Um, they begin to be very negative. You ever run around in a person that's just negative? I mean, they, they feel bad when they feel good because they know they're going to feel bad sooner or later. You ever ran into a person like that? Amen. I'm like the fellow that jumped off the Empire State Building after 17 floors. He said, say so far. <laughs> That's probably not normal optimism. Say amen. But folks, I want to tell you something. When we get near uh, people, sometimes they start searching you for, for something wrong. Hey, his tie's crooked. His shoes don't match his belt. God help you. Get over it. Amen. I'm going to say this. Sometimes when you come to church, you come looking to criticize. What you ought to do is come to be a blessing. And the number one person you ought to bless is his 
holy name. Amen. We're here to worship God, not to be worshiped. We're not here to uh, worship celebrity team contemporary movement. We're not here to uh, uh, worship a celebrity in the pulpit. We don't need celebrities in the pulpit. What we need is servants of God in the pulpit. And preach the word of God unashamedly and straightforward, but with compassion. Folks, so I'm dealing with a subject that nobody wants to deal with. But I want to tell you something. Bitter people are hurt. And they hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And then number two, I want you to see the consequences of bitterness. Look at verse 15. It says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness and springing up troubleth you. It troubles you. And hereby many be defiled. And it troubles a whole lot of other people. I want to tell you something, Daddy, Mama. If you're bitter, you poison the whole family. And you raise bitter kids. Amen. Folks, I want you to know, first of all, there's physical trouble. The Bible says troubleth you. There's a lot of uh, physiological sicknesses. Somebody said about 85% of everybody in the hospital is just psycho. I don't believe that. The Westcott wing is waiting for some of us because we're so depressed and we're so bitter. But bitterness will eat your lunch it will be acid in the container that eats alive your insides. Bitterness is a terrible sin, but it affects you physically. Don't tell me stress does not affect your heart. I thought I was having a heart attack one time and it was stress. You say, you did? Yeah, I'll, I'll confess all my weaknesses. How about you? Not all of them. I, can, I, I tell you, folks, the devil's attacked me preparing this message. Yesterday, I have never been as mad as I've been in my life, and I had to get over it. I mean, it, something flew all over me. You ever had that happen? Now, I know all y'all got your halos on straight. <laughs> Praise God. Go ahead and adjust it. But sometimes I have a bad day. And I've had some bad news. And I tell you what, I can get angry if I'm not careful. And then I can go to bed and not confess it. And I can wake up the next morning bitter. So it has you have emotional trouble. Bitterness can cause emotional problems. I've already listed some of them. Depression, anger, that's all emotions. Depression can, can take you out of this world. And it's real. And it's sometimes selfish, but most of the time it's satanic. And then a lot of times, folks, it's just something we don't even know what where it's coming from. And we have to deal with it, but better yet, we need the grace of God to deal with it. That's why it said don't fail of the grace of God. And then we have spiritual trouble. Look at verse 14. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man can see the Lord. Hey, friend, I don't, I don't want anything in my life to affect me worshiping the Lord. And if I come in this auditorium, or if I come, excuse me, we try to stop calling it auditorium. We don't audition for anything around here. If I come into this sanctuary, sanctified to worship God, Stenet Blue taught me that. I just can't change it. An old horse sometimes can't learn new tricks or dog or whatever. I guess I'm one. But folks, we come in the sanctuary and we're not right with God, then we won't be able to worship God. If we're not right with others. You ever fussed with your wife or husband or children all the way to church and tried to worship God? But you you put it on now. You start smiling, you got a little smile, and you sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. And the kids look up and say, Glory to God. This room must be some powerful change agent. They've been fussing all the way to church, and now they're singing, Oh, how I love Jesus, shaking hands, smiling at the preacher, and even giving an offering. You can't turn it on and turn it off. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you're not right with man, you're not right with God. If you're not right with God, you'll never get right with man. 
And folks, if you if you listen, hatefulness and holiness does not dwell in the same heart. Come on, say amen. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness. Holiness. Sometimes I risk by being so transparent, but I want to know you, I want you to know something. I fight these same battles that you fight. And sometimes in an intense way, in an amplified way, because the devil wants to get me down. He wants to get me bitter. He wants to get me discouraged. Thank you, Brother Al, for that lesson. I don't know how you covered four chapters in 30 minutes. I have no idea. He don't know how he did it either. But hatefulness and holiness does not abide in the same heart. And then you have social trouble. The Bible says, I want you to turn with me please to Ephesians chapter 6, 4, uh, 26 through 31. Some of my favorite chapters. Every couple's retreat I preach, teach, I go to this chapter every time. And I want you to see back in verse 26, first of all, the Bible says this, Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You should never, never, never go to sleep mad at your mate. Anybody's ever done that? Elbow her real hard. No, don't do that. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's dangerous not to have short accounts of anger because you sull up. That's a southern term, brother. Sull up. And you reckon it's going to be over after a while, but it don't get over. It gets worse. And the eggs are a little colder. And the co- listen, I almost said cornbread. We don't eat cornbread for breakfast. The, the toast is a little colder. The conversation is a little more distant. And you wonder what's wrong. I'll tell you what's wrong. You didn't make it right with each other before you went to bed. Be, ang- be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now listen to this, verse 27. You with me now? Come on, say amen if you're there. Yeah. Ephesians 4, verse 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Mm. That means jurisdiction. means kingdom. Not just a place. I mean a foothold. You give the devil an inch, you'll become a ruler. That's why I despise the, 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 uh, the commercial, uh, materialistic, driven Halloween uh, holiday. I don't like it a bit. That's why we have an alternative. I don't like it. It's all, you're just such a fuddy dud. Hey, I don't like anything that brings glory to the devil. Demons, witches, because everybody wants to cake it as this fun and games. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. There's a real spiritual warfare. I'm not saying you can't trick or treat. I'm not saying you can't hand out candy. You ought to hand out candy wrapped with the gospel. Say Amen. You ought to have a relationship with your neighbors that you can talk to the parents when they come up to your doors. Don't, don't turn the lights off and shut the doors. That's dangerous today. They'll just knock your door down. Amen. They might paint your house before you know it. I'm talking about good neighborhoods. They might just trash it. One time I turned the lights off and my whole front yard got rolled. No more, but I got every light on the book. I got a dog next to the door. No, not really. He's... He's a good dog. But you need to keep short accounts. Well, you know, some people get historical. Not hysterical, they get historical. They remember the time in 1948 somebody offended them in this church. They ain't got over it yet. And guess what? They're sitting at home sour. They're sitting at home bitter. And I want to tell you something, friend. I don't care what people do to me. I'm going to try my best not to let the devil and the selfishness in my life and the hurt in my life keep me from worshiping God. I believe that's the key for me being here 43 years is I give short accounts of my hurt. Because I have talked to preachers over and over and over again, Brother Jeremy, that just got hurt and couldn't get over it. And they started hating their congregation. You could tell it in their preaching. They started ripping them instead of helping them. And so they go to the next church. And it happens again. 
And so, folks, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath because if you do, you give place to the devil. Now, let me hurry and say this. When you put out, when you put in your kingdom of your heart an area where you just let somebody move in and trash it, and I mean rock and roll music and all kinds of vile stuff, but you got 65 acres around that one acre, I want to tell you something, folks. Your whole land will never be the same because you let somebody move in and put a foothold in your life. The devil just wants a foothold. And folks, he uses bitterness more than he uses anything else to get a foothold in your life. Can somebody say amen? It's been there. Come on. It's not a happy admission, but we've all been there. And folks, I'll tell you what, it can canker your soul and he can get a foothold and folks, I'm going to tell you something. You give him an inch, he takes a mile and becomes a ruler. And that's cute, but I'm going to tell you something. It's the truth. He sets up a jurisdiction. He sets up a kingdom. And folks, nothing's right outside that foothold. You can't worship. You can't love. You can't feel good. There's something discouraging you because bitterness turned in is depression, bitterness turned out, is anger, and a whole lot of other things. I'll give it to you in a minute. So you're saying, devil, when you're bitter, you're welcome in my life. Come on in. Bitterness is the campground that Satan will occupy because you've given him place. But you've given him more than that. You've given him a strong hold. That's why when there's a divorce or there's unfaithfulness in your marriage, if you don't get over that and forgive and conclude that, it'll poison every relationship you ever have. It's called rejection syndrome. He rejected me and everybody else is going to reject me. Mom and daddy rejected me, so I cannot be uh, trusting and loving and open. And there's a frigid, frigid in your marriage because you've been rejected, you've been abused in the past, and you haven't concluded it through the grace of God. Let me close by taking you to Ephesians chapter 4 on down in verse 24, excuse me, 20, 31, real quick, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. I was there just a second ago, and now I'm not, Amen. No telling where I go when I'm preaching. Amen. But I want you to see this. It says right here, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Now, how many of you have more than one child? Raise your hand. What grieves you the most about having more than one child? I'm not talking about how much they eat either. I'm talking about when they don't get along. It grieves you. Stephen and Stephanie were born the same time. Stephanie was born 18 minutes early. She always holds that over Stephen. I'm older than you, but she, she can't boss him around anymore. They go to the same church? Nope. But I want to tell you something. I never thought they would disagree. I thought twins, same womb, and they, you know, one of them looks like their mama, acts like their mama. One acts like, that's a problem. One of them acts like their daddy. And folks, it grieved us when they didn't get along. It grieved us when Jason didn't get along with the other three or Amy didn't get along with the other three. And folks, there's no greater heartache than disharmony in the home, say amen. I'm not saying we had that every day, but occasionally it popped up. Amen. I want my way. I want this. You put a, a two children in the same nursery and they'll fight over one toy. There's 17,000 toys in that box, children. Don't fight over the tractor or the doll. I never, I never, I'm really concerned about when these boys start fighting over dolls. Amen. We ought to body slam the dolls. We don't hug them, you know. <laughs> Only kidding. You feminists. The devil can build a stronghold. But I want you to see this. He grieves the Holy Spirit. But we're sealed to the day of redemption. Then, then it says this, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now, folks, I want you to see the digression 
of this uh, bitter tree. And we see, first of all, there's bitterness that turns to wrath. We get hot and something starts burning in our heart. Come on. A bitter person is like a bunch of oily rags in a closet. Just smothering, you know. You ever you just uh, ever dwelled over something? A lot of times it's pride. Through pride comes contention. Proverbs 13, 10. All contention comes through pride. We got so much pride that we don't want to admit that we're wrong. You know what's the hardest thing for a man to say <clears throat> to a wife? Honey, not honey. I'm, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. <clears throat> we'll choke on that. <clears throat> Come on now, I need some water on that. <clears throat> I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please forgive me. It's hard for us to, to say because of pride. Come on. We won't admit that we're wrong. And we won't admit that we're sorry. And if we say we're sorry, she'll say, you sure are. But, you know, and then we just say, please forgive me. And so the anger comes out of uh, the bitterness. And then um, it says, let all bitterness and wrath, wrath that smothering rags. And then anger, that's when somebody opens the door of the closet and it flames up. You ever had that happen? I hope not. <clears throat> but I want to tell you something, friend. When we're harboring bitterness, it only takes a little something to tick us off. We explode. We say, where did that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. Bitterness. Nine out of ten times. And then we go on and it says clamor. Clamor is when the anger touches the mouth and it begins to clamor. It becomes vocal. Why is it that we think the louder we get, the more demonstrative that we are in our arguments. We're just going to get loud. And I want to tell you something. You ever seen two people get loud and the kids have a nervous breakdown while y'all getting loud? And none of y'all have ever done that. Here you go. Put your halos back on. But I want to tell you something, folks. It's easy for some of us to get loud and get preachy. And just say, that's, that's the way it's going to be. And that's called clamor. The Bible says in James chapter 3 that the tongue no man can tame is set on fire from the pit of hell. That's right. It's poisonous. And then we have evil speaking. It says clamor and then evil speaking. Look at verse 31. You with me? Say amen. amen. Evil speaking. Folks, character assassinations through evil speaking. Slander. You start saying things you really don't mean, like, I wish I'd never married you. You ever said that? Don't admit it. And don't remind her, please. You know, you'll, you'll never amount to anything, Junior. Never say that. Usually you're upset, mad, bitter, and this, and this spewing malicious character assassination comes out. Folks, no man can tame the tongue. But I want to tell you something. No man can tame a bitter person. And then we have malice. Malice. That's a desire to just put a whipping on somebody. Come on. You ever just wanted to knock somebody's head off? Amen. Come on. I admired that Alabama quarterback last night so much. He had his head knocked off and he got back up and beat us bad. And I'm bitter. No, not really. Come on, Brother Bobby. Say amen right there. It's a desire to hurt somebody. Now today, you can't even hit somebody in football. You know, if you lower your helmet, it is a vicious attack on something. And I just think you ought to play football. Amen. Don't kill nobody. Don't hurt nobody. Don't put anybody in a hospital. But some people get out there just mad. Malicious. They get into a fight and they're shoving and slapping. 
And then it can lead to shooting. And I've seen it. I have buried people in the fit of anger that killed somebody and then they were killed. Why? Because it all begins with bitterness. It has not been dealt with. Then last but not least, I want to give you the cure for bitterness. Look at verse 15. We'll close. The Bible says this. We're right on time. Say amen. I'm glad I'm here today. Because I don't know if you need this message, but I sure do. And by the way, if you don't need it, you'll, you will. Just live long enough. You'll, you'll, you'll need it. Look at verse 15. Looking. What's the next word, class? Diligently. Lest any man fail of the grace of God. Folks, I want to tell you something. Here's the cure for bitterness. The grace of God. Come on, say amen right there. It's the grace of God. Folks, there's nobody that ought to be more gracious than people that experience the grace of God. Anybody that's been to Calvary ought to be forgiven because our Christ was forgiven. And He forgave you when you didn't deserve it. Can somebody say amen? And so folks, the Bible says, looking diligently, lest any man fellow the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble with you, and thereby many be defiled. Folks, we need to pray the prayer in Psalms 139 where it says, search me. And folks, that search me is not saying, hey, would somebody else search me? But it's saying this, folks, Holy Spirit, get down deep where that root is and let me know if I'm bitter. If I'm bitter, I have seen people get bitter at God because of a loved one dying. And it's real. And I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that's something that has to be dealt with. It's abnormal grief if you keep on grieving and keep on being hurt and keep on being mad at God. Some people are living in bitterness towards God. The Bible says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Any evil way. And so the root is underground, and we must dig deep. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's so easy to disguise bitterness. It's so easy to alibi bitterness. It's so easy to deny bitterness. Once you look diligently and let the Holy Spirit reveal bitterness, you need to pull it out. You've got to find out what you're bitter about and confess that bitterness to God. And folks, listen. If not, you're failing to receive grace and you're failing to give grace. Look at Ephesians 4.32. Back in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and I'll close. It says this, And be kind one to another. Now, folks, isn't it great when you're just kind one to another? makes you feel good. Not only about the one that's getting shown kindness, but the one that's showing kindness. Just to be kind. It's just a wonderful experience to be loving. Amen? And forgiving. Christ-like. So to be kind one to another, tender-hearted. That means open-hearted. Forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. By grace, bitterness is, number one, revealed. It's revealed. You know, I read a book in, in college. I was, gradu- I was uh, majoring in business administration at Georgia State University. Didn't know I was going to be a preacher. But God did. And we, we read this crazy book called I'm Okay, You're Okay. I don't remember anything about the book. Probably didn't read it, knowing me. Probably just read the synopsis. But folks, we're not okay. And not everybody else is okay. The only one that's okay is the Lord. And the only time we act okay and live okay is by the Lord. And folks, by the grace of God, we're not what we used to be. And by the grace of God, we don't have to live like we used to be. Live. Say amen. I'm glad God 
delivered me. But God delivers me every day from myself. And some of us, it's harder to deliver than you think, than others. Because we have a disposition that can be not positioned close to God. Let me just say this. It says, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Well, here's the standard of forgiveness. Has Christ forgiven you? And how can God forgive us? Because he treated his son as if he did it. Say amen right there. He bore our sins. So why should we carry other people that sinned against us? harbored as a foothold and a stronghold in our life. See, it'll cost you to forgive. How many's <laughs> I'm going to get bitter just with you, this illustration. How many's ever put a whole lot of money in somebody? I mean, you know, they say, oh, I'll pay it back, preacher. It's just, you know, I'm going to get kicked out of my apartment if I don't have this $429.95 by the end of the week. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, I got to have it right now. So I sit there and say, oh, I hope my wife don't find out about this. Here, take it. And she'd give the shirt off her back too. But then they don't pay it back. Every time you see them, you think about that $429.95. No, you don't really. And then they go off and they forget you. And you try to do more for them and more for them, and it mounts up more than $429. There's a whole lot of money. And folks, I want to tell you something. To forgive them will cost you $429. Say amen. Somebody owes you $100 and you have to forgive that debt. It cost you $100. And how many can just throw $100 in the wind? Folks, forgiveness will cost you. No bargain pardons, but it's worth it. You know, Calvary... You ought to have your own private Calvary. You ought to have your own private Easter. Praise God, that ought to be the death, burial, and resurrection working in your life to forgive others. Let me hurry up and say this. Folks, the world's worst prison is the prison of unforgiveness. I don't have time to go there, but the parable in Matthew, Matthew chapter 18, 20 through 35, talks about the man that would not forgive and the Lord threw him in prison. Folks, the world's worst prison is the prison of you carrying a grudge or letting the grudge carry you and being bitter. Well, to ask God for grace, number one, to reveal the bitterness. Number two, to remove the bitterness. And number three, replace the bitterness. With what? Look at verse 14, we close. Follow peace with all men and holiness. Replace bitterness with God's peace. You know, it sure is fun making up, say amen. I don't think we ought to do that every day now, just getting argue with them, just, you know, kiss and make up or kiss up. But I want you to know, folks, one of the ways that you ought to replace bitterness is with holiness. It says, looking diligently, let's fill the, the, the grace of God. But also it says, follow peace with all men and Holiness. Let me just sum up this whole message. It's been more of a lesson than a message. We need this lesson. <clears throat> Holiness is godliness. Holiness is godlikeness. And you're never more like God than when you forgive. And you're never more like the devil than when you lie and when you hold a grudge and you're bitter. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. I want to see the Lord, don't you? We've had a great theme this week, Brother Blaine, that the whole world, that every nation will worship God. But I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to say it real, real honest. We'll never have much evangelism until we have real revival. We need to get right with God. That's why I call it missions revival. 
We're trying to get right with God. We're trying to get our love right for God. And if you love God, you'll love the world. You love God, you'll love the black person. You love God, you'll love the Hispanic. You love God, you'll love the drug addict. You love God, you'll love those that take advantage of you. You just love God because His love will flow through you. It's not just knowing God's love, it's letting the flowing of God's love. And that's an exciting life. There's a song, I don't know if it's in our book or not. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. This ought to be your testimony this morning. There is not a person on God's green earth towards whom I harbor any hostility. That ought to be your testimony. Can somebody say amen? And if it is so, you have no ought against a brother or sister. It's only by the grace of God. Because you know you. And you know where you came from. And you know your flesh. And you know sometimes you'd rather fight than switch. Say amen. You'd rather get hurt than help. So you must go deep down and examine your heart. And God will give you the grace to receive grace. But thank God the Lord will give you grace to give grace. I love 1 John 1, 9, don't you? He's faithful and just to forgive us of all. But I want to tell you something, folks. The Bible says if you have an alt against your brother, you ought to come to the altar first, leave the altar, and, and make it right with that person before you try to worship God. And so, folks, there's a big wall between you and God if there's a big wall between you and somebody else. We need to receive grace. We need to give grace. Father, use this message. I sure have needed it. God, help us to realize that you're here to forgive us and to equip us to be the vessels of mercy. That's what people need. They, they don't need all the time wrath. Sometimes we need to correct them. Sometimes we need not to put up with junk. and We need to rebuke and exhort. But Lord, we need to forgive. We need not to leave, let our feelings be worn on our shoulders, but worse than that, festered in our hearts that we're poisoned. That the acid is burning up the container and we're bitter. God help us. God help us. God help us not get bitter when you chasten us. God help us not get bitter when you do not delight us. You do not answer that prayer for some reason. God, you know best. God, help us not get bitter when somebody hurts us intentionally or unintentionally. Or the devil just exaggerates it and it's imaginary. God, help us not get bitter. God, help us to live holy lives, godly lives, God-like lives and demonstrate your love and your forgiveness to everyone that might offend us. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I really don't have to give this invitation because I know the answer. How many would say, Preacher, I needed the message. I want God to help me not to get bitter, not to get bitter. I want God to help me that person that keeps hurting me. Sometimes you just got to forgive and put it in escrow. You can't really forgive a person if they won't receive it. They won't repent. But you can forgive them and have it in the bank just when they do come to their senses and stop hurting. But you've already forgiven them. But you put it in escrow. You've already written the letter of forgiveness even though they won't receive it. Whatever the case may be, I mean, say, preacher, with all my heart, I just want to have everything right with God. I want nothing between me and my Savior, nothing between my soul and the Savior. Nothing, nothing. I want to have peace, sweet peace. But I want to have 
holiness and power and grace to forgive. And I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? God bless you and you and you. God bless you. Almost everybody in this auditorium, this sanctuary. God bless you, sir. Appreciate the way you've listened today. Anybody else? Real quick. You say, preacher, I, I, I guess it's subtle. I didn't know it was there, but I know there's something wrong. I feel angry all the time. I feel depressed all the time. It must be bitterness. I thank God for the scriptures that brings it to the, the light of the glorious gospel, brings it to light. Anybody else say, preacher, pray for me. I'm having a hard time, but I know i got to draw from the grace of God to forgive that person that's hurt me. Anyone else? Well, you're really dealing with it. You really want to deal with it. Anyone else? Let me say, preacher, I'm saved and on the way to heaven because of the forgiveness and grace of God. Would you raise your hand? You know you're saved. I mean, glad of that fact. Say amen. Is there anyone that could not raise your hand and say, preacher, this morning I can't forgive because I've never been forgiven. I don't have the grace of God in my life because I've never received the grace of God. And if I died today, I wouldn't go to heaven. I'd go to hell. And if I live tomorrow, I'm going to live a hellish life because I don't know anything else and I want to be saved. By the grace of God. Anyone? Just slip your hand up real high. Say, preacher, I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. I'll pray for you. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for this passage that's so powerful and so real in all our lives. God, help us, dear Lord, to not go to bed mad and hold, hold, hold a place in our heart of bitterness. God, just clear it all out. Lord, uh, by your grace and mercy, just reveal but replace. Oh, God, replace that bitterness with love and joy and peace and Christ-likeness. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do in hearts tonight, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.